Okay, three, two, one. Two, one. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a brilliant pop album and talk about it track by track. Words and sentiments there by Track by Track. And on the turntable this week, we've got Words and Music by Saint Etienne by Saint Etienne. And before we get excited uh, about Saint Etienne being on Track by Track for the first time, uh, which is a lot of excitement on my behalf. First of all, I guess, Dan, we should probably come clean. Oh, God. No. It's, the, no, it's go a, on. It's been across the tabloid. It's been across the tabloids. You've ended up doing a uh, Leslie Grantham, haven't you? <laughs> I've made a mistake. Uh... <laughs> um, no, we are, for the first time on an episode proper, recording remotely. Yeah, and so this is the first one where we've not been in the same room at the same time, listening to the music, to the wonderful music, together. And of course, we've done all of those specials, all of those self-isolation specials where we were apart. It felt very right to be apart for those, I think. But this is the first time we're going through an album track by track, not side by side. But I can still see you because I have got a little video feed of you uh, looking down on me. Where is... Sorry, where is that? you got a secret camera in my house. No, don't forget, Dan. Sorry, Dan, lovey. Your, your camera's on, on your phone. You see it down there? <laughs> Oh, the trials and tribulations of trying to organise family events at the minute over FaceTime or whatever else you're using. I was trying to show my mum the other day how to use my brother's, who lives with her, MacBook. And she was tapping the screen, trying to get something open, uh, which of course you can't do on a MacBook. Then I asked her to go to the trackpad, which she thought was a separate thing. Oh, oh, mother. Mother, come along, mother, and sort it out. So we're going to talk about St Etienne today. Thank Goodness, we've finally gotten round to talking about them. They've been on our long list for ages. I've been banging on to you about them for quite a while. God, you've been banging away non-stop. But I have to say, really like what I hear of St Etienne, but they're just not a band that I know too well. So this is you guiding us through this episode, but I have really enjoyed listening to this album as part of our research for the episode. So Dan, jump on board my St Etienne train. Uh, and we're going to be pulling out from the station any minute now. Uh, so St Etienne from London, formed in 1990. You've got Bob, Pete and Sarah in the band. Uh, Sarah Cracknell, Bob Stanley and Pete Wiggs. Uh, they first came about, yes, in the uh, very early 90s. Uh, Bob and Pete were great friends. Uh, they brought Sarah on board uh, and they have been around ever since. They've never really gone away completely. They're still going now. Uh, and they've got such a huge, and I can't emphasise the word huge enough, um, body of work about them with studio albums, side projects, uh, soundtracks, films, videos, uh, remixes, uh, writing, not just for themselves, but for other people as well. And it's fair to say over the course of the last 30 years, they have been involved with the cream of the crop of uh, the pop music scene. Now, Dan, what did you know coming uh, coming kind of fresh into them today? What did what do you know of them? 
I think the thing, so I, I definitely knew that they were a trio who'd been going for some time who really do make pop music, but very British pop music. I think the one thing that I really knew about them is that they really know about music and about British pop music. And of course, there is uh, the book by Bob Stanley, isn't it? The Yeah, 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 the uh, pop music book. Yes. Uh, which people rate, I haven't read it yet. And it really it is on my list of things to read because I've seen people rave about it. But I just, I feel that a bit like Pet Shop Boys, actually. They just fully understand what they're doing, what they're referencing, what they're influencing, um, who they're working with, why they're working with them. I think they just get it. Um, so I'm really looking forward to going through this album because this, if I'm not mistaken, was a kind of um, not a return to form, but in, in the critics' eye, this is one of their better albums after a few. Yes, and this is, uh, to mention the album we're going to talk about today, from the off, this is Words and Music uh, from Sir Etienne, which was their eighth studio album uh, and released in 2012, which seems like a while ago already. This Happier times Happier 2012. 2012. Oh, it was all downhill from there, wasn't it, really? So this was May 2012. So we still had the, the uh, Olympics ahead of us. Uh, and Golden Jubilee. Golden Jubilee. Had Big Brother gone to Channel 5 by then? I'm pretty sure that was still on Channel 4 as well. That was another, that was another signifier of the further descent into madness. Uh, uh, so, uh, Words of Music, released in 2012. Uh, this was, like you say, Dan, this was very well received. And although it may seem like not that many eight albums over such a long period of time, between 1990 and 2012, there are so many other things that they did during that time as well. Now, Dan, it's hard to pigeonhole what sort of sound and style St Etienne have about them because it almost feels like every project they do touches on a different part. But I think if I had to kind of summarise their sound, I would say it was a kind of indie dance pop. Uh, no, I would 100% agree with you. And I think, again, it's that whole um, Pet Shop Boys thing where you can kind of pigeonhole them in the pop dance thing, but then they've also done, if you listen to Burning the Heather, for example, or you've listened to some of their uh, orchestral um Maneuvers in the work, dark. You know. <laughs> <laughs> one for the long list, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. They're not, not one to easily pigeonhole, but I think they're a very sophisticated version of indie pop dance. Just as a caveat to anyone listening, uh, I'm a big St Etienne fan and I don't want this to be the first and last time we talk about them. So if maybe we don't go deep or make reference to some of the big St Etienne songs today, that's for a very good reason. Yeah, we don't want to um, shoot our load too soon on these. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great minds. <laughs> Disgusting, Disgusting minds. minds. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, side one, track one of Words and Music by St Etienne. This is Over the Border. So over the border there, side one, track one. What a brilliant introduction to this album. It does. And not to, not to fill this with bloody cliches, but it really, really does set out the soul for the album. I mean that 
I mean that more than probably I've ever said it because it really, really does. It does because it's the spoken word, like introduction, is like the introduction into the concept, I guess, and the themes of this album because it's about music. It's about coming of age and how music impacts that and has affected affects you. It definitely, yeah, definitely, and I think that's something that you and I can both really resonate with because music has just played the biggest part of our lives, um, and clearly, and you know, almost to a point where we're quite. Well, that's exactly why we are recording a pop podcast about pop music. Exactly. Sharing the love, sharing the knowledge. And I don't know about you, Dan, but I love Sarah Cracknell's speaking and singing voice. I think she's got a very, a very soft, a very descriptive, a very, you know, a very plummy mouth. No, definitely. A very... Um it's kind of very real. She's not putting anything on. You know, some people, when they sing, they kind of go into this role and they take on the role of the singer. You've, and, you know, even even um, not to slate Amy Winehouse or Adele, but their singing voice is very different or was very different from their speaking voice. Um, it's almost like they go into this role to sing, whereas Sarah, you know, as you can hear from the songs, talking and singing, it's just, it's Sarah. This is her story. She is the loveliest person as well, just from seeing them live to the interviews I've seen of her. Genuinely seems to love uh, life and the music that she's making uh, and the friends that she's got around her to do so. Absolutely lovely. Yeah. Also, the sound of this song, I mean, I guess it starts off very low key, very spoken word, but then a beat gradually kicks in as well. And then you kind of get to the crux of the more mel- melodic Cynthia sound that does run through the album as well. Another one of the lines I really like is that Sarah says, in 1974, I bought my first single. Will, what was your first single? It was Itsy Bitsy, Teeny Weeny, Yellow Polka Dot Bikini by Timmy Mallet and Bomb Ballerina. Oh, lovely. Lovely duo. Lovely couple. Uh, and it was... was... Sorry, Dan, I think you want to know this. Uh, it, yeah, was, it, it was Seven Inches. Oh, did you get the 12 inch one later or I think if you look online, you might be able to get some help with it. Oh, no, those they never work. Mine was, I think, Spice Girls Wannabe on cassette. So here we go. Track two now. Uh, This is I've Got Your Music. So that was I've Got Your Music. And Will, if I had to write up your dream musical dinner party guest list, I would probably include St. Etienne. Yes. I'd probably have Richard X on there. Yes. And I'd probably have someone from Xenomania. Well, it's funny you should say that, Dan, because they're all the people that were involved in this track. And does it live up to expectations or does it sink like a terrible souffle? Um, no, this is very light, fluffy, frothy, pop, electro souffle, uh, which was taken out of the oven at the right time. 
so this, thank God. Uh, so this was so Tim Powell. This is the first one of a few on the album that he was involved with. He was formerly part of the Xenomania Collective, uh, has worked really closely with St. Etienne on this album. Also notable recently, or semi-recently, he was uh, involved in the Agenda EP that Pet Shop Boys did, which I loved and you were a little bit more indifferent about. I liked parts of it. (laughs) And Richard X, the mighty Richard X, uh, one of our favourites, was uh, one of three tracks that he produced, uh, co-produced alongside... uh, Tim Powell and Pete Hoffman and I love this track likewise and just just again just to go back to Richard X he, you know he's very uh, particular isn't he about what he works on he's a very fussy bugger and he doesn't you know he's not he's not plastered everywhere all over the radio or the record shops whatever so you do just kind of elevates if it was necessary uh, of how Saint Etienne are thought of in the music world um, but yeah it's a great song it feels to me very sort of chunky 80s this one with the synths it's wonderful i would say it's a bit disco as well uh but the, also the sentiment behind it around kind of your favorite music is again totally relatable definitely and begins with that really nice line when i'm alone in my phones which i'm assuming is headphones, headphones. And not lots of different like a sort of 1980s stockbroker lots of different telephones um I feel love in digital stereo. And again, to what we said from the previous song, that is us, isn't it? It's, it's that pleasure you get from listening to music or just escaping, putting your headphones on. And she references Donna Summer's I Feel Love there, which you quite rightly called out. Yes. Um, but do you know my favourite version of that song? Of I Feel Love? Yeah. No. no. It's the Rollo and Sister Bliss remix. <laughs> So there you go, Dan. I, yeah, do love that version. I think, I can't say for yet for now if I prefer that to the original, but what a great song, what a great it's remix. It's great, yeah. Uh, the original's brilliant as well, but I just thought I'd throw that in there as well, since it was referenced by the lovely Sarah. Just before we move on from this one, just to go back onto Tim Powell, um, it's interesting because when we think of Xenomania, I think the names that we really think of are... Brian Higgins and Miranda Cooper, aren't they? I think they really were the... Uh, were they the founders? I'm not quite sure of the exact history. Well, Brian definitely there were, was. There's lots. There were lots and lots of other names in there, weren't there? It was a real um, collection. Lots, lots of comings and goings. Okay, track number three now. And this is Heading for the Fur. Fair. So I was heading for the fair. 
Will, did you used to love heading for the fair with your parents when you was a young whippersnapper? I did. When the fair used to come to town, it was always uh, one of the highlights of the summer season or the summer holidays. Uh, but what was your ride of choice? I did like, what did they call it? Um, it's that thing that spins round and uh, you kind of held back to the wall and um, it kind of spins round so it, and then it goes on its side. Oh, what on earth is it called? I can't remember. That one, or the limbo dance we used to call it, where you're sat on in a row and it kind of just goes up and round and up and round. Oh, Dan, I don't like the sound of that. I think I'd have more fun going to see the chiropractor. <laughs> uh, what was your favourite, Will? I used to love the waltzers. Oh, I still love the waltzers. Uh, Winter Wonderland every year, I have to go on them. Just, just, just the unpredictability of getting tossed around like that. Absolutely lovely. I didn't Those, like uh, the ghost train, though. To give you the willies. I don't like the willies being put up me in such a way. And all those ghoulies everywhere you look. Oh, dear. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. What's going to be staring you in the face? And of anyway. Course, and of course, Sarah's mum uh, used to tell her not to go. Really? Um, as she talks about in this song, but I think it's more about uh, the boys she might encounter that turn her head at the fair. This song, though, uh, what a fun song. It's brilliant. I and love the slow start, and then it really ramps up to something that's a very dancey number. Very dancey. Do you know what the piano in this one reminds me of? No, go on. Uh, Feel by Robbie Williams. Oh, yeah, just a bit faster, I suppose. Yeah, just those really kind of like chunky piano chords. Really lovely. Um, and I do want to talk about on this song, there is a new name on the album. It's Tim Larkham. Do you know much about Tim Larkham, Will? Tim Larkham. He's got a farm down the end of the field. <laughs> Back in Somerset. Tim, uh, who worked on this song, he has worked with Lana Del Rey. Now, Lana Del Rey isn't someone that we've talked about on the podcast before, I don't think. Are you a fan of hers? No. Not at all? No. I'm going to try and... Sorry, sorry, lover. sorry, Lana, lovey. It's nothing personal. And I'm sure she wouldn't mind you saying that. Um... So he worked with Lana on songs, uh, particularly Off to the Races, This Is What Makes Us Girls, and Gods and Monsters, which were all quite early. And Will, I'd just like to play you a bit of a song that hopefully maybe might change your mind. So if we're lucky, maybe we can hear a bit of Off to the Races now. So, Will, that was off to the races, which actually takes me back to our wonderful Blondie episode when we were at the Grand National. I do love a day at the races, uh, and it's lovely for her to really capture what that feels like in that song. Uh, featuring John McCurry on back in vocals, actually. <laughs> uh, and uh, the booby. What did you think? I yes. loved it, actually. It sounds like a cross between Nicola Roberts and Charlie XCX. What a wonderful combination. That'd be a great duet, wouldn't it? But actually, maybe it's time I took a fresh look at Lana. And listeners, let us know, should Will listen to Molana? If so, which songs and which album should we do first? Uh, so if you agree, text the word yes to 84422. <laughs> We're sorry, your call cannot be completed as dialed. Please check the number and dial again. This is a recording. Don't do that. I don't know what that number is. 
and you will <laughs> and you will be charged. Yeah, get the bill pays permission. Well, just don't do it actually. <laughs> so track number four now. This is the last days of disco. Let's So that was the last days of disco, a time, Dan, that I hope never comes. Well, it certainly feels like the last days of disco, doesn't it, in this current lockdown situation, if indeed we are still on it when this episode goes out. Are we ever going to get to dance again? We're never going to dance again. I was, uh, thinking of, I was thinking of the Sugar Babe song. Uh, but uh, what a lovely, slightly more down tempo, but still very beaty. It's just very, and also, but very sultry and soft with Sarah's vocals there. And I did mean to say before, actually, is Sarah the UK's answer to Lana Del Rey? No, I think she's a lot brighter and sunnier uh, than Lana Del Rey. You're probably quite right there. And Dan, I'd like to throw something into the mix. Back up my point, actually, because I never like to make a point without backing it up. And uh, did you know, uh, you probably did do, because you do do your research... Uh, mm-hmm. that Sarah had a solo career alongside her St Etienne commitments as well. I did hear a rumour. And I'd love to play a little snippet of my favourite version of my favourite song of hers. Uh, and this is called Anymore. about uh, quite an empowering song around not needing a a man anymore in a very bright sunny strong way um and i would i it feels like i really like the sound of it i've not listened to any of sarah's work before i have to hold my hands up sorry sarah if you're listening but it's great that it's there for me to go back to um i imagine and i might be wrong that when it's the kind of relationship that when sarah does solo work that sometimes Bob and Peter there lending a hand. Is that how it works? Yeah, I think Aww. they're very they're a very close unit. So I think even when they're doing different things, they're very supportive of each other and still very collaborative as well. Love that is lovely, isn't it? So another new name uh, writing on this song, Nick Kohler, another former Xenomania member. Yes, and Nick has written some really uh, or worked with some really incredible people from KLF to shampoo, to share, to chicane. What a lovely track-by-track flavoured mix bag there. It's like that massive multi-pack you get of Walkers where you've got, you've got the smoky bacon and you've got the salt and vinegar and you've got the cheese and onion. Uh, and prawn cocktail. And uh, I just had some chicken katsu curry flavoured, actually, for lunch. Oh, the new Walkers? Yeah, you've seen I've them. Got, 
Yes, I've got a uh, GBK cheeseburger bag in the cupboard for later. Um, and I've got an American hot as well in the other room. So uh, great. Oh, what's his name? <laughs> Chad. <laughs> uh, and another name on this one, Rob Davis, who, of course, uh, has done a lot of work with Kathy Dennis, including Kylie's Can't Get You Out of My Head, and was a member of MUD, uh, the, the glam rock band who did uh, Tiger Feet and Lonely This Christmas. Of course, I have to get Chris of reference in there. But I, when I was thinking about Rob Davis and th- this episode, it made me think of, do you remember that episode of Bring Back the Christmas Number One? It was the Justin Lee Collins thing where he did Bring Back the A-Team, Bring Back, you know, whoever. And he did a Christmas Number One one and Rob was involved in that. They were trying to write a new one and they had people from Boney M. I think Shaking Stevens was probably there. Um, and they planned to write this song, record it, and for it to go to number one. I don't think it even got recorded. I don't think it even got released. Oh, well, oh, well. Such That was the last day of the Christmas disco. Track five now, and this is Tonight. Dan, my favourite song on the album. That doesn't surprise me. I think it might be mine as well. It's just a fantastic... It's a banger. There's no other word to describe that song. It is a sophisticated pop banger. Uh, and it's just... I think it's just what the words are saying and they what they mean as well as some stunning uh, synth pop beats work as well in there. I love that. Maybe they'll open with an album track or a top five hit, No Turning Back. it's so relatable in the things you think about when you're going to a gig how excited you are when you go to a gig tonight when the lights are going down i'll surrender to the sound and look at all the kids around honestly no word of lie that gave me little shivers up my spine because when are we next going to a gig (laughs) i honestly don't know (laughs) i mean oh we, we we've had over the next few weeks we've had so Glastonbury cancelled, Pet Shop Boys tour, Duran Duran at Hyde Park. It's, it's so heartbreaking. This song is actually, this should be a really uplifting celebratory song. I've got tears in my eyes. Uh, no, you're right that this song has taken on a new a new meaning, a new interpretation at the moment. But I think if you watch this and the video as well, the kind of city lights at night and the crowd at a gig and St Etienne as a band performing, it really does pluck at a music music fan's heartstrings, I think mm. all of those feelings uh, of going to see it, and I just love the I love the composition. I like the sound of it as well. Again, Richard X produces. Uh, Tim Powell's involved as well with the band. I think it's just some a great combination of people involved with it as well. Um, I just think it's just a brilliant pop song. Is I think it's one of the ones where you could put money on it being a Richard X production. This one just it just completely embodies his massively 80s influence sound. And I do think actually that you know, this sounds absolutely perfect as a St. Etienne song and with Sarah singing, but there's something about it that I was listening to it thinking, could it be, and it would sound very different, but could it be like a Kylie or a Danny dance song? But I don't know if it would mean as much if it was a a singer singing this song. I think it's because the band, this group have such a, 
acute understanding of the what this should feel like and what this means that makes it so yeah. good. I agree. I agree completely. Uh, and on a more operational level, there was, when this was first released, a brilliant extended version, which just uh, extends the fun. Uh, but uh, it disappeared off of streaming services the same time the album did. And although the album has come back on... Thanks to our friends at Pop Music Activism. Yes, which is another thing we should say why we're talking about it today is because we can. So that was tonight. That was track five. Uh, and track six now is Answer Song. answer song there i think with this one you could just if you just read those lyrics you would just know if you were asked who is which band would write a pop song with these lyrics you could quite easily guess saint etienne it's very they just do this really kind of quite typically british quite uh quite whimsical um i think definitely they fall in like we said before neil tennant also uh neil um hannon from the Divine Comedy, mm, yeah. they're in that category together, which is a wonderful thing. I can't believe we've gotten to track six on a St Etienne album, and this is the first time one of us has used the word whimsical. I know. I think we were saving it up for the right moment. And here it is. I love how this song flows. It feels like a ballad, but at the same time, it's got I love the electronic pulse running through it as well. And I think, yeah, the, the electronics, as you say, and the kind of the sound effects of this one, very kind of like a droning, it does bring back that kind of feeling of listening to old answer machine messages. I don't know about you, Will, but I still hate leaving an answer phone message. Oh, it's so awkward, isn't it? It's like, hi, yeah, just wanted to um, something and yeah, uh, bye. And is it true? I heard a rumour the other day that every answer phone message that you leave now, you always start it with, hi, it's Will from Track by Track here. No matter who you're talking to, is that true? Uh, who, where, where are you hearing these things on the internet? We've got the same energy provider and uh, <laughs> we've got chatting. Now, uh, this is kind of, we're about halfway through the album now. And I think it's fair to say just a really strong lineup of tracks. Um, and we've got 13 tracks on the album, but there were further versions of this album that had even more tracks. So there was a super deluxe EP with four more tracks. And in North America, there was an side disc two called More Words of Music, which had another 10 tracks on as well. And also um, a deluxe edition, which had um, 12 remixes. So there's a lot. Just for this specific album project, Words of Music, there was a lot of content there that made it. Who knows what else was around that didn't make it? They're very, again, I keep kind of likening to Pet Shop Boys today, which I don't didn't mean to and didn't intend to, but it does feel very much like they just love creating the songs. So there's, that's why there's so many extras and B-sides and things like that. But at the same time, it is all quality and quantity. So just on Answer Song, before we leave, the, with Answer Song, I think the production of this one is fantastic. It's very, very full production. It's almost got like a wall of sound style to it. 
And because of the lyrics and because of how kind of quite specific they are on a certain lyric or a certain subject, sometimes I think it's almost a little bit something musical theatre about this. And are they kind of just drip feeding us with the songs from their jukebox musical that's going to come one day? <laughs> uh, and you've been talking about jukebox musicals a lot recently. I think I'm just missing them as well because I can't get there. Yeah, we should have gone to see Anne Juliet. Not the two, not just the two of us, obviously. No, there's, there's nothing going on there. No, it's not date um, night. I'm just hoping that after all this, Viva Forever comes back to the West End. So <laughs> I did enjoy that. I think I'm the only person who can say that, but I did enjoy that. Yeah, time to move on, definitely. Now to track number seven, uh, Record Doctor. Give him a problem and he'll cure it with song. He's the Record Doctor. It's a very brief ditty record doctor. And Dan, what can you see? A lovely, lovely little interlude, by the way, which kind of talks about somebody who always has the right song recommendation or the right song for you. Dan, what other doctors can you think with a musical connection? I think Harold Shipman had a bit of a classical background. <laughs> no, that wasn't what that wasn't what I was talking. That wasn't what I meant. And don't mention Doctor Don't mention Dr. Fox either. Okay. Um, what about the good doctor that we talked about uh, at some point in the past? The good doctor. Oh, Doctor Feelgood. Yeah. Oh, doctor Leg. No. <laughs> Musically. Well, he worked with Anita Dobson, who did Everyone Falls in Love, and Nick Berry. <laughs> Is that what you meant? I did want this to become a conversation about, like, maybe <laughs> Doctor Jones by Aqua or Doctor Beat or something like that. But uh, oh. you took it into a very dark place. Oh, I know. I've got a good one then. Those wonderful doctors and nurses in Steps Chain Reaction video. <laughs> All who went to, trained at the Sylvia Young Theatre School. <laughs> uh, Dan, any thoughts on Record Doctor? Yeah, it's, it's nice. I do like it when bands put in little interludes or little ditties. It's, I'm not going to say it's the best thing on the whole album, but it's uh, nice to move it from, from one thing to the next. You've got that T-shirt, haven't you? Because uh, you're such a music fan. And it says... The slogan, it says, I like a ditty all over my titties. <laughs> that is absolutely right. And on the back, it says, chuck it in my barking bucket. <laughs> absolutely disgusting. Shall we move on? Yes. Track number eight now. Uh, and this is a cover of the brilliant Darren Hayes track. Pop, you learn. popular there well that wasn't a cover of darren hayes no i was just having a joke i'm sorry great song though really good fun upbeat song rob davis again co-writing and this time with marissa porter now marissa porter do you know much about her will no i don't actually so i did a bit of digging she is a disney channel actress or certainly has been in disney channel series including penny on i don't know if it's mars or m-a-r-s either way have you seen that no but yeah what a great upbeat fun song really love the lyrics uh, and there's a lovely thump to this one and you can't be a lovely thump no absolutely not and do you know what this is all about actually dan this track 
I don't want to cast aspersions, but there is that line about all I want to hear about is Jack your body. Is it um, self-gratification? No, it's an ode to pop music Well, once again uh, and uh, a website that reviews all number one singles, um, UK number one singles since 1952. So it's references to Touch Me, Touch Me, Squeeze Me, Please Me, 3AM Eternal uh, and many, many others on there as well. I really do need to drag my mind out of the gutter. Yes, because actually it's a really great pop fact behind this song. Move on. Yes, track number nine now is a reference to the birthday that I just celebrated. Oh, five zero. Uh, 25 years. So, 25 years there. I love the beat to that. It makes you kind of swing. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely one of the more sort of morose. Mor- is morose, is that the right word to describe this? Quite a morose moment. Well, it's quite sombre. Yeah. Uh, with that, that opening line, I've got 25 years left. You know, it's... Um, I don't want to be living on a countdown. Well, I, just, I, I don't think she's talking about death. I think it's oh, more about was. kind of the loss of a relationship or trying to get something back. So this is, again, Nick Kohler working on this one. And we talked before how he's worked with Shampoo and Cher and, and KLF, like really big pop, dance, synthy, electronic sounds. So compared to all of that, I think this feels very much more stripped back. And Dan, you mentioned that he'd worked with Shampoo and Cher. Before lockdown, I went into the hairdressers and asked for a Shampoo and Cher. And do you know what I got? No. <laughs> Um, well, they wash my hair and then pack me off with 10 different wigs. Oh, what a treat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, track number 10 now, and this is DJ. was dj there and he's back mr x richard x now this is the last track on the album featuring our friends electric richard x and tim powell and i have to say they're going on an absolute high with this one uh which is real banger it's probably the clubbiest track on the album yeah i did say before with their tracks that they felt very 80s and synthy this for me feels very 90s and synthy in the pubs and clubs of the north um, with the laser lights showing. And um, yeah, it's just a massive classic pop dance, really full sound, really nice bass groove. Some little chimes in there, which were kind of, I think they were a thing in the 90s, weren't they? Chimes. And it's all about, I guess, just drifting away in the music that a DJ's playing um, and going at nights out and immersing in that experience. And another thing that I really like about this one that I know you and I both love, a very long a pleasurable outro. 
that just goes on and on. It's a very generous length. And it's uh, absolutely lovely, actually. Uh, have you ever made out with a DJ? I did have a, a dalliance with a, an actual jockey, but never a disc jockey. And now, nowadays I refer to him as Shergar because he ghosted me. I've never heard from him since. But when I did see that this song was called DJ, it did make me think of another old favourite song called DJ that I haven't heard in absolute years. Now you're going to go... You're going to go one of two ways with this. It's either going to be DJ by Alphabet or it's going to be DJ by H and Claire. The latter. Think we can hear a little bit of it? Uh, go on then. It is Christmas. So that was their first uh, solo single or, or separate from Steps single. And it was a, a banger, wasn't it? It was great. After they stropped off from Steps and went and did their own thing. Leaving poor Lisa Scottley in tears. And the great thing about this that song is you can do a lovely double clap. Oh, I love a double clap clap. Track 11 now. Dan, cast your mind back. Way back. Way, way back. Not too far back. That'll do. When you were 17 or when I was 17. So when I was 17 there. Uh, as this track is full of hope and excitement, isn't it? Uh, of a time when Sarah was much more carefree, didn't have any money, but no responsibility. Yeah, it's very, I, I love, again, it's a whole theme of the album, isn't it? Just um, looking back or or recognising your current age and, and, and what you've become. And I love, my favourite part of this song is where it goes in the middle, it goes to that kind of speak and spell uh, architecture part and that's the kind of bit that moves the song from looking back to when she was 17 to um, where she is now what she knows now uh, I love also some lovely flourishes in there uh, nice guitar also a uh, little bit of an electronic uh, sound like a tinging like somebody's like clinking a milk bottle or something an electronic milk bottle yes that's one for the book we haven't mentioned the book for a while actually now available in paperback. Yes, and uh, Series 2, Volume 2, sorry, coming uh, in November for the Christmas Brush. And Dan, this track is called When I Was 17. Do you know, you might not know actually, but I'm going somewhere with this, uh, what other St Etienne track uh, makes big use of the 17-year-old uh, song lyric structure?
know we said we weren't going to plough into too much else from St Etienne, but I couldn't resist. You never can, can you? Let's head onwards now to track number 12. I threw it all away. I felt like I was in the King's Court there. <laughs> and that's not, a, that's not a pub. What a great time to talk about the fantastic artwork on this album. And I absolutely love this artwork. Um, it is great. Yeah, it's very good. But don't let me take up any of your time. Please tell us about it. <laughs> so this is a map uh, and it looks like uh, a street map. And it's got all the road names are song titles. And it's and not just the road names, other places. So you've got uh, Canterbury Road, Tobacco Road, Penny Lane, Cypress Avenue, uh, Pacific Coast Highway, Ichiku Park, was that, Virginia Plains. Is that Specific Coast Highway or? Oh, sorry, Specific <laughs> Coast Highway. We do enjoy it when people get that word wrong or any variation of those words wrong. And this was actually done by uh, a collective art collective called Dorothy, which is Ali, Phil, Tim and Titch. And are they from an Enid Blyton book? They do sound like it. All you need is uh, Roger and Titty and then you've got the famous five or six, the scintillating six. Uh, and they, if you check out their website, wearedorothy.com, they've done some fantastic uh, pieces of work. This is, I think Bob from the group approached them to uh to do it but it's uh it's very authentic because it does look like a street map or an ordnance survey street map very much in a classic style uh i think this is would look best i haven't got it unfortunately i need to get it on a vinyl Mm. yeah it's made for isn't it this track dan i mean it's certainly the most stripped back isn't it it's all about the flute and the loot i think that's uh the crux of it um which Flute and Loot sounds like a Pet Shop Boys song, actually. Um, but yeah, it does feel like, I felt like I was being transported back to Robin Hood times. The, the track for you, Will? Or not, not uh, for it's, you? It's, no, it's nice. It's nice enough. I don't hate it by any means. Um, and it just felt like the right moment for an album artwork uh, conversation uh, in, a, in an otherwise very solid album. Yeah. So we're on to the last track on the album. Oh. It's a real shame, actually. I've been loving this chat today. So the final track, track 13, is Haunted Jukebox. I agree. It's, you know, there's been some fantastic bangers on here. And if I'm being completely honest, I do prefer some of those to this song. But I think this is is exactly the right place to leave the album. And I've got to say on this track, uh, co-writer is Debsy Wicks. 
Uh, Debsy is, for me, she's like the kind of fourth member of St Etienne. She is a long-term, long-time backing singer, uh, which really doesn't do her justice because she's also uh, collaborated, co-written with them. Uh, and Sarah and the band love her to bits, and she's a part of the whole experience if you see them live as well. This is one of the tracks that she, or the only track that she contributed to uh, on the album. I have to say, when we saw them live at Royal Festival Hall, Debsy was there, of course, and I didn't know too much about St Etienne. I certainly didn't know too much about Debsy, but you could just tell the sort of really kind of strong bond that there was between Sarah mm. and Debsy, all part of the family. She's one of the gang, and she did co-write a couple of tracks on the More Words and Music. Uh, also, Debsy herself was in a group called Dolly Mixture from the 70s. You don't really see Dolly Mixture as much anymore, do you? The suite, not the band. No, you don't, actually. And I was never a big fan. They're always a bit too... Chalk, chalky. Or... Chalk... Yeah. yeah, a little bit too... Give me a white mouse any day. Not that they're obviously natural ingredients in those either, but... Uh... But the song itself, yeah, certainly it's more breezy, isn't it? Sarah's vocal's a bit more breathy. Um, it does feel like a nice... Could be, could be quite a nice driving song, this one. So... Time for some further listening now. We've reached the end of the album. And I think we wanted to keep it strictly within this era for St Etienne because, as we often do with other groups like Pet Shop Boys, we do want to come back to them in future and there's lots more to talk about. So, Dan, I'd love for you to go first. Thank you very much, Will. So I, as you said, there's loads of extra tracks, but there's a few remixes that really stood out to me uh, on here. But the one I'm going to go for is the Time and Space Machine Waltzer remix of Heading for the Fair. What do you think, Will? Oh, really good remix, actually. I love a couple of things. I love the drum beat they've put in there. Yeah, almost feels a bit like someone's having a bang on the bongos. Lovely, and <laughs> it really juices up the piano in it as well, and just gives it a very majestic feel. Definitely, and what's weird about this one is that there's no vocal in this. It is just taking the sort of stems of the song, and normally I don't particularly like a remix that takes away from the vocals. I like to hear that in there as well. But this one I just love because, as you said, it's all about that piano, and it's kind of. In the song, I didn't really hear it, but in here, I think because of the clubbiness of it, it feels like Manchester sort of vibes. Um, mm. And this is by, so Time and Space Machine is Richard Norris. And uh, Richard has worked with Errol Alken, who actually remixed Last Days of Disco for this album. And together, they are beyond the wizard's sleeve. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, who've done a lot of work together. They... They remixed the entire, uh, do you know the band Temples, the kind of psychedelic uh, group? Um, yes. They remixed that entire first album, which is fantastic. It makes it into like one huge piece. Uh, Will, what is your further listening? So I have gone for a track from More Words and Music and something a bit different. So Dan, let me know what you think of this. Uh, this is called Landscape. Landscape.
track to end on there. What an interesting song. Yes, exactly. It sounds like nothing else we've talked about today. Uh, and a bit more experimental. Also, for me, and I'm going to throw another band in, New Order. Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh... It definitely felt like an additional track. It wouldn't have fitted on the album, but it's a wonderful experimental piece of work. We're out of time. Such a shame because I hadn't had time to talk about, Will, how in that black and white stripy top and with your hair looking a bit zhuzhed up, you remind me of Charity Shop Sue today. (laughs) I take that as an absolute compliment. As you should, actually, of the highest order. Uh, And also, we haven't got time to talk about the fact that We've had to stop this recording so many times for your washing machine. Uh, it's almost become the third member of this podcasting team. <laughs> Lovely. Good vibrations. So, Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to what's coming up next time? Absolutely. So there's an, a lovely Xenomania thread running from this episode to next week's episode. And we're going to be listening to the debut album from one of the biggest girl groups uh, that Britain has produced. I've, I've said far too much. So, yeah, so you've said Xenomania and Girl Band, and now it writes itself. Yeah, sorry about that, everyone. But uh, it's going to be a really fun episode. And Will, are we going to be recording remotely? I think we might be. Probably, yeah. Uh, so do let us know what you thought of this week's episode. And is this your first time listening to St. Etienne? Are you a big fan? Share it all with us at Track by Track UK, hashtag Track by Track. And if you have a moment and you're enjoying the podcast, do give us a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts. So, until next time, I've been Debsy. Oh, I was going to be Debsy. <laughs> oh. We can both be Debsy. No, no, no. I've been John Congleton. Again. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Who is John Congleton again? The, uh, the blondie producer. <laughs> oh, you should have been his daughter, Prism Congleton. <laughs> <laughs>